Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis and I am joined once again by the inimitable Trevor Gray. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, thanks for having me again. This is a fun little series. Yeah, Trevor and I have uh, been doing this podcast here for a few weeks. Um, Trevor's a coach. He's a master swimming athlete. He's a professor. And um, we said we off the top, we just refer people back to some of the podcasts we have already done. So if you go back in the series and I've labeled them as Trevor and Chris, um, you can see that uh, we've talked about our own training schedules, what we do to train for the stuff that matters to us. There was some goal setting in that piece of it. We've had um, a discussion of nutrition and really it was around decision-making around nutrition. And then uh, last week we talked about sleep and I'm proud to report to the audience that I've sleep slept much better since our sleep podcast. So maybe that's the real key. You have a sleep podcast, Trevor, and then you sleep better after the podcast, but not before. That's how it works. That's, that's definitely yeah. how it works. So anyone listening to uh, our podcast, they will guarantee to sleep better. <laughs> and um, we also, uh, on one of those, we uh, teased that, or I guess, announced that there is actually a way for you to contact the podcast now. So if you're listening and... Uh, you want to reach out, it's swimbriefpodcast at gmail.com, S-W-I-M, brief, uh, B-R-I-E-F, podcast, hopefully you know how to spell, gmail.com, and uh, you can write us there. You can send your week's worth of uh, food logging on Chronometer. Uh, Trevor promises a free analysis on the other end of the first five people that do that. But also if you just have a question or comment, there's people that reach out to me, you know, they have my direct line, but um, if you don't know me and you want to get in touch with the podcast, that's another way that, uh, that you can get in there. And actually I, I, one of the things I love about doing this podcast is it lets me be in conversation. I know Trevor enjoys this as well. Let's me be in conversation with uh, a lot of coaches out there, parents out there, athletes, um, that listen to this. And so your questions and comments and everything in between are really welcome. Um, send them in through that forum. But today, Trevor, today, well, before we get, before we yeah, get to today, okay. I'd, I'd like to say a couple of things before we get to the fourth pillar of longevity is on the exercise. I'd like to recap on the, on what, what is it with about. you? You always have four pillars. Is there anything yeah. you don't have four pillars for? Can anything it's just a nice stand number. on three? On three pillars? I think four pillars is more stable than three pillars. <laughs> so on exercise, you want to work strength, get in the gym, stability. Uh, what was it, the stat? Um, I think it was even 80% of people who experience a fall after age 75 um, will increase their likelihood of dying. So stability is really important. And then finally, cardiovascular. So we still have to get out there and work the heart in zone two. So get those three pillars of exercise, three hours a week, just dedicate one hour a week to each one. For the nutrition, yep, like you said, uh, choice. We're not. I'm not going to recommend any diet. I'm not a registered dietitian. I can't recommend any diet. Um, but we talked about the four pillars of nutrition, moderation, variety, color, and enjoyment. But also, yeah, get some data about what you're intaking. And chronometer is not perfect, but it's better than not, no data at all. So get some data on your diet to see what direction you can head to uh, get start eating better. And then with sleep, um, sleep hygiene and that sleep routine is really important. Start establishing 
um, that sleep routine at night. So it triggers the brain going to say, hey, I'm going to bed. It's time to, it's time to, time to rest. It's time to power down. Let's go to sleep. And then maybe change your light bulbs to a lower lumen. Yeah. Yeah, I think with all these things, I guess one of the points that I want to make, um, putting them together, and that'll uh, I'll use it as a segue into today's topic is, you know, we talk about distinct themes and and topics here, but the most important thing to understand is that it is all part of a system. Um, and I think about that a lot. Today's topic is 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 mental health, and you know, I. I think that sometimes we think of mental health as something that's completely distinct. Like you have your physical health, like everything that's going on with your body, and then you have your mental health. And that is like a completely separate category. Everything is interrelated. Okay. And I, I, I hope um, uh, we, we agreed ahead of time that I was going to have a lot of different things to share on that. And I, and one of the things I want to communicate to people because I have done a lot of things in my life um, and I've especially I've had a lot of hard times around uh, mental health is that sometimes even the solution um, or I guess not, I don't like to use the, the, the term solution, but the way forward um, to progressing my mental health is not necessarily what you would think of as a mental health intervention. But the, the reason why it helps me to progress forward is that everything is part, everything is interrelated and everything is part of a system, right? And so when you experience improvement in, in one area, um, that does usually have a, a reaction to other areas of your, um, of your life. And so when we think about mental health, we are going to talk about it as a distinct topic, but always be listening and thinking about, and we will try to do this as well, about how it connects to some of the other things that we've been talking about. In my classes I teach, I, I teach about this wellness wheel, and it includes spiritual wellness, financial wellness, physical wellness, mental wellness, nutritional wellness, and, and you could put whatever topic you want on this wellness wheel. So that, because if you have the best diet in the world, but your financial wellness or your mental health are poor, then your overall health is poor. So we need to work on all these aspects, like you just said, all these systems. And then if you were to quantify the wellness wheel on a scale of one to 10, what is your financial health? What is your spiritual health? What is your mental health? Is it a one really poor or is it a 10? Now, I don't think anyone should strive for 10 on anything. That would take too much time to, to take the five things on your wellness wheel and strive for 10. That would drive anyone crazy. Shoot for six, seven. Just shoot for five. Even midpoint is okay. So don't try and be perfect in your diet. Don't try and be perfect in your exercise. Don't try and be perfect in your sleep because those things don't really exist in the first place. And then I'm going to hand the baton off to you here is how do you be perfect in your mental health? <laughs> well, I see. I What I even think, you, you talk about not trying to be a, a 10. I think more about like just focus on improvement. Right. Right. Instead of shoring up uh, deficits, the thing that you will encounter is that very often and I think people get uh, especially into this rut when they think purely about their mental health. You start trying to get very problem focused and you want to fix a problem. And sometimes 
some of the stuff that you're struggling with mental health wise will get better when you don't directly try to quote unquote fix it, but you actually look for where is there like low hanging fruit in terms of opportunity for improvement for me. And when you make that improvement in another area, you, you realize, oh, actually I'm, I'm not feeling as depressed <laughs> as, you know, if that was sort of the presenting problem that you had um, on the front end. But I do want to start mental health wise with sort of where everybody's mind um, goes to. And that's to talk a little bit about um, the most traditional tool in the uh, mental health tool set. And that is um, talk-based therapy. Um, I am somebody who has had been more or less in therapy since about, uh, I want to say I started in 2016. Um, as people who listen to the podcast or read the blog know, that was that was right about the time uh, in my life where my mother was dying. So I had a sense that, um, you know, I was going through a really hard time in life and I had always believed in it. Um, but, uh, and weirdly, I'm, I'm grateful for that truly terrible part of my life because I do think that uh, it it pushed me to start something that um, I've continued to this point, even though the things that got me starting in the first place are not really what I'm dealing with day to day now. But I just started to realize that just like having somebody to non-judgmentally um, listen to what's going on in your life, to talk to, to get a lot of what you're thinking and feeling out loud, like it is incredibly valuable um, from a mental health perspective. Uh, and so I expect that that is probably something that will just be a bedrock for me for life. Um, and I think it can be helpful. Like, I don't, I don't think that you need to get to, uh, the place where I started. You don't need to get to some crisis point to engage, um, with talk therapy. It can absolutely be something that you can do far more proactively. And by the way, I would suggest to doing it proactively rather than reactively. If I could go back and change something, I would have been more proactive about it. Oh, I actually have a comment about that. How complex, oh, okay, sorry. When you get a toothache, what do you, what do you go do? You go to, yeah, the, you dentist, go to the dentist, yeah. right? Or ideally you go to the dentist every year proactively in case something's going to pop up. And they're like, oh, we're seeing a cavity pop up here. Let's take care of this now yeah. or come back and see us in a couple months and maybe we'll take care of it, right? Yeah. Compared to mental health, compared to thoughts and feelings and emotions, how simple is a tooth checkup compared to your mental health? The, the tooth is incredibly more simple than the complexity right. of human thought, feeling, and emotion. Right. So I'm glad to see that uh, going to talk therapy, going to a counselor, going to a therapist, the stigma has been reduced. In my opinion, just like we all ideally would have a dentist, we all should have a mental health expert who can give us unbiased professional opinions about the complexity of our lives. Yeah. And I would say to, 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 to build on that, something else that I have used um, at various stages over the years, and of course that I offer as a professional service is uh, coaching. And I, I look at coaching um, and particularly some of the, the, really I'm talking about private coaching here, 
um, through my time as an entrepreneur, I've had three different people that I have employed as personal coaches for me. And um, I've gotten a lot of value. In fact, you and I met because you hired me to coach you. So um, I know you believe in it too. And I think, you know, the, the distinct thing that coaching can offer is um, I do think that uh, the mental health field, of course, you're going to get like a wide range of people and approaches and all of that. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm making a, a rather large generalization here. And if you're listening to this and you go like, well, that's, that's not actually true for me. Uh, you know, I work in the, I, I, I believe you. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't, but I think that um, coaches, people without like traditional sort of mental health field training can be really, really helpful um, especially in building proactive approaches for things, because by nature, if we just think about, you know, like if I were to say to you, if you're a swim coach listening to this, you say like, yeah, what if you just coach that one kid on your team really intensely? Well, quite immediately you would go, well, I'll have finally have time to like prepare them for all this stuff that is coming down the line versus being reactive in the way that I am now. And I, I see that value in, in coaching from a mental health perspective is I anticipate now challenging times ahead. I mean, the most recent um, times that I, I hired coaches was I was going back to an entrepreneurial space and I go, this is going to be really hard. So let me get some coaches to help me with that on the front end. So I'm not you know, six months into this going like, ah, like I can't handle, you know, the stress of what I'm doing here. Let me actually be proactive and plan to be stronger um, in the future. And I think coaching can be really, really helpful for building some of that proactivity. In other words, more coaches should be calling you up. Well, I wish, I wish, (laughs) I wish that, um, I wish that uh, I could work with more coaches because I love working with coaches. I loved um, working with you. Um, and I think coaches are a, a force multiplier. Um, it is super fun to work with athletes. Um, and probably what I, what I end up working with athletes more than anything, I, I've been telling people about this recently, is I just help them to learn how to be coached because I, I think that they're, it's something that's sort of missing just broadly culturally, but like coaches, I mean, you can help an athlete and that will help that athlete and it'll help that athlete as they relate to their coach and you'll help a family and everything else. When, when I get a chance to work with coaches, like I say force multiplier, like every coach I know touches so many different lives. And if you can help them, um, especially with how they're thinking and feeling around the thing that they're doing, um, you just have a chance for major impact. So I, I get pretty right. jacked up about, about that piece of it. Um, it's just a, it's just a giant, it's a giant opportunity. And I mean, I was just talking to a coach, um, last week. Um, and you know, I think more, he was, he was having this realization, you know, in that this is something that's getting lost in the conversation right now. The, as you say, the progress that we've made in the conversation around mental health is almost in sports, almost all the solutions are athletes focused and almost none of the solutions take into account that there are these people, human beings 
coaches who, if you have the opportunity to make a positive intervention for them, you're not only intervening for them, but you're actually enhancing the lives of everybody on their team. Um, and I hope that, that that'll be the next sort of revolution that we have um, within sports. Would you guess that the majority of swim coaches need a coach like you? Well, need is always a strong word. In fact, it's one of the things I focus on in my coaching is that there are very few things that you actually need, right? Um, you know, you need, you need water, you need food, you need sleep, um, <laughs> air, right? Oxygen. Um, I think it would be helpful to almost any coach to, uh, to, to get some coaching. That's why I've done it. I mean, that's why I like, I, I believe in it so much. I've spent my own hard earned money on it and it hasn't been, um, it hasn't been cheap to hire coaches. And I think it's been at least worth as much as I've invested into it because, um, you know, I, I view it almost as, um, as a, a high yield, like stock investment, you're doing it, but you're doing it in yourself, right? You're just saying like, Hey, I bet on me. And I bet that investing in myself is going to have a positive impact for me and everybody else, um, around me. And I think when you can, um, when you can communicate it about that, that way, you do have an opportunity, um, because right now there is being, there is money being invested in, 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 in coaching. Um, but overwhelmingly that stuff gets invested in athletes. Um, and I don't get me wrong. Athletes can use a lot of help, uh, too, but I just, there, there's, I'm always looking for, I guess, the, the high yield opportunity. And, and often that's not where a lot of people are. And right now there's not a lot of people who are sort of ahead of the curve thinking about um, coaches. And that means that, you know, those services are actually, in my opinion, a lot of them are underpriced, um, for, for what they are and you get a displaced benefit, um, from doing it. So yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. I, um, I think that's also an underserved market in the swim community is coach coaches, getting coaches to help them, yeah. um, develop their career and become better coaches. Yeah, so absolutely. we've talked about a couple, we've talked about a couple, like those are a couple like big, big solutions. Um, and I guess I promised people that I would get into some things that are maybe smaller scale or, or not necessarily what you would think of as a sort of mental health intervention, but, um, ones that I have seen. Um, the number one that one that I've talked about on here um, as something that's really new for me, um, and I bent. I by the way, I, I attribute this to a coach that I hired. A coach that I hired finally tipped the scale for me in terms of incorporating this in my life. So that right there, um, the benefit, the lifelong benefit that I will reap from this, like the, the coaching has paid pays pays for itself right there. Um, but that is meditation. I was uh, one of those people who was like, I don't get it. I don't think it works for me. Um, it, it, I, I close my eyes and it's 
whatever's happening is not what's supposed to be happening. Um, and I have, I have turned that corner to where, and you pointed at yourself, are you still on that Island in terms of meditation, Trevor? Yeah, I've, I've tried it on and off for years now and it hasn't really taken, but I, I can see the benefit. Absolutely. The calming of the mind aspect of it. Well, so what, let me see if you're in the same place I was. So what, what, um, what do you mean it hasn't taken? Like what, what, what happens? Okay. Well, there's different forms of meditation. The traditional one we think of is sit down, legs crossed, close your eyes, focus on your breath and just sit there for a long time until your back hurts and then you're done. Right. So I've done that (laughs) quite a bit and not a fan, but really meditation is anything you do that has rhythm and repetition. And so I tend to do that with movement. And that I think I meditate when I swim, when I'm working hard or at the gym. Um, I think those are the places. I, I prefer the physical form of meditation over the static or not moving form of meditation. So I was right where, so you sound like you're very much where I was. And I would say um, prior to myself doing what I would consider traditional meditation, I always used to call lifting weights um, uh dumbbell motive, uh, dumbbell, not dumbbell motivation, dumbbell meditation, because I did think it had a good thought clearing. And I, I guess that's one of the things I want to get to is that I have found that prioritizing time in my life, and I'll get to this down, down the road, because I want to finish this point on meditation, but prioritizing time in my life for stuff that I think of as physical health interventions, undeniably positive effect on my mental health right? Just organizing myself around like, I'm going to take care of myself first. And part of taking care of myself is I give myself time to exercise, even though I'm a, you know, father of two young kids trying to get a business off the ground, um, et cetera, et cetera. All the excuses that I could make that are just like, Hey, it's really hard. And I don't have time for that. And et cetera, et cetera. I think it's quite the opposite, but I want to finish the, the point on, on, on meditation. The thing that clicked in for me, because I was not one of those, I was the same. I was like, you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm uncomfortable. I'm restless. Um, and I don't think that I leave this it really like, I can't tell that I leave this experience in a better place than when I started, better. Right. you know? Um, and what, what finally clicked in for me is, and now, now I'm hooked is I was expecting, I, I also had the expectation that I was going to be able to um, clear my mind, that I was going to have this moment of like peacefulness, right? And there was just going to be, I was just going to be a blank slate. Now, I have come to realize that I am a person with an incredibly overactive thought process. Like I'm just a thought generation machine. And that's great because, hey, I have a podcast and it relies on me being able to make thoughts and express them. And and um, coaching requires a lot of thought generation and all this, all these other great benefits of it. But it's actually really valuable for me to think of meditation as just time where my brain, the only thing it has to do is think. Mm-hmm. Right. So I shut down all other stimulation, sound, um, you know, uh, make it completely dark in the space that I'm doing. I lie down like in the comfiest possible position I can, um, in order to achieve some of the sound, I do listen to some guided stuff, you know, like 
kind of meditation music, I would say they offer like a few minutes of guidance. I have an app um, that I use, but mainly I just let my brain think about whatever it wants to think about for 20 to 25 minutes. And the reason why I think more and more people are getting into this is because we have so much stimulation in our environment mm, now. Too much. <laughs> right. We're all like overstimulated and it, it makes it hard for our brain to think like those moments where you're just sitting there and you're bored, you actually have to like put effort into being intentional about creating them. Otherwise there's too many things around you that will just like grab your attention at any given moment. Um, and I can tell you it has a massive impact if I just leave it to that. If I just say, Hey, I'm going to take 25 minutes and I'm just going to let my brain think for that period of time. Um, I find that really, 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 really valuable. The book I told you about comfort crisis talks about the benefit of boredom and how that's actually a catalyst to insight um, about certain aspects of whatever your, whatever job or whatever you're doing in life. Um, the other thing I yeah. thought of right there is um, um, it was, Oh, I lost it now. Darn it. I lost it when you were um, <laughs> thinking about that. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. I well, lost let me, it. let me, let me get to the next point that I teased at earlier there, which is I think um, just prioritizing your own health overall and prioritizing things you envision as your physical health is one of the biggest interventions you can make for yourself in your um, mental health. So like people understand, I think, and especially people who are listening to this podcast, if you're into sports and you've definitely heard this before, like you've heard that, like, Hey, you know, working out is good for your mind too. Right. You've like heard some variation of that message, but I kind of want to like, probe a layer deeper on that. Cause I think I have a, a deeper layer of insight into um, some of that. And that is that giving yourself and, and organizing yourself around like the first things I, I'm actually going to create as good of a plan as I can come up with for me to be healthy versus you know, coming up with a prioritized plan that's like, I have, you know, one through 13, I have to check off and then I will get to doing the things that I think are good for me. I just know that for most people, what that ends up in is you're constantly in that mode of like, ah, oh, I want to do this thing, but I just don't have time. And you, you know? get disappointed. And then you get disappointed, you get down on yourself, you get, you think, start thinking like, oh, maybe it's just not in the cards for me. I can tell you, like you will find more to do the things that you think you have to do if you let yourself do a little bit more of what you want to do, especially, mm. especially when those things that you want to do, you know, are good for you. Like there's, because there's two categories, right? We talked about like Oreo cookies on the nutrition po podcast. Like at any given time, I want to eat Oreo cookies there because they're delicious, but I know it's not good for me to eat Oreo cookies three meals a day, but right. like, me going to exercise five days a week, that's both something I want to do and it's really good for me. And putting that like putting that as a top priority so that it's something that I routinely do and that there is other stuff that just is not as important um, to me and my own health personally that um, 
I have experienced a, a downstream positive impact, not just on my physical health, but into my mental health and then into all sorts of areas that reflect back positively into my mental health. Right. So, you know, making that time, it's improved my relationship, it, especially my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, my relationships with my friends and all that stuff reflects back and has a, you know, like an additive effect to, um, your own mental health. Um, it's improved the way that I can do my job. And of course you feel better when you're doing your job better, right? All of us, <laughs> um, experience that. So, you know, that's what I mean when I start thinking about like, it, you know, don't think of mental health just as the interventions that are necessarily like purely mental health. Think about other areas where you can do the thing that you think is right and reap the benefit of the sort of indirect cycles and, and um, interactions you create with your mental health because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> so um, how can people start? How can people start? What do they do? To start meditating, what do you do? Well, like I'll give a free recommendation to the app that I use. Um, I use something mm. called Sync Tuition. Um, it'll give you a few free ones. I think you can pay $100 for a year. That's a pretty low scale intervention that you can do. Um, I would say if you're somebody out there who is like, if you've you listened to the description that I just made and you go, ah, oh, I really, I really want to get in shape my, you know, but I, but I'm not doing it or I'm not prioritizing it. Like I promise you <laughs> just give yourself a chance to do the thing that you want to do. Um, and you know, that's a pretty low cost intervention because, you know, at most you may have to, um, uh, join a gym or join a pool or, you know, et cetera. Um, and just give yourself time to, um, to do it. Yeah. I think most coaches can do the physical aspect on their own. Most coaches are well-versed in physical activity. Even if they're not super familiar with the gym, they, they kind of know what to do and go in yeah. there. Explore and most a little of them bit. probably have a free gym membership, right? They, they, they probably have some place they can work out for free Yeah, <laughs> through their, and through then, their work. Um, with nutrition, you know, use the app, get started with that, with, with sleep, um, start getting a routine there. And, um, there are apps to help you with, with sleep as well. And then you said there's also an app for what's it called again for meditation. Uh, it's called sync tuition. Sync tuition. Um, therapy. I know it's really hard guys. I mean, I'm not, that's, um, the, the two suggestions that I let off with off the top, those are probably the hardest putts for most people. Um, therapy, it's really going to depend on the quality of health insurance that you're getting. So let's all get out there and fight for the best possible health insurance we can get. Um, because I know like I have really good health insurance. That's one of the things that makes it easier for me to do that. But I would say as somebody who's been doing that, even since 2016, it's, it's never been easier. Um, it was way harder in a day before there was telehealth, um, and that a lot of that stuff had moved online. Like you were relying on, is there a good match for me? Um, that's a therapist that's taking patients, taking my insurance within, you know, my immediate geographical area. And that was not, um, it was not good. You might, um, 
one suggestion I have for people in that regard is um, through your health plan, they might be able to help you find somebody. Um, I, uh, I have used that through my health plan. They have actually found people um, and done some of the front end work in terms of finding somebody who's uh, taking patients and takes my health insurance. So that has been really helpful. Um, the coaching stuff, there's a ton of resources out there and I'm not the only one of them. Um, and I think you, it's a matter of finding the person who, you know, when you listen to their description of sort of what they see as common things that they, um, help with or, or, um, challenging situations that they deal with, if that sounds like you, you know, that's the person probably that you want to, to help you. Um, and so doing a bit of vetting in terms of like what, what the people's view is and what, what areas they are really most helpful, um, are, I think is probably the most important thing you can do in terms of engaging coaching. Or, or coaches should just call you. I remember when I reached out to you, <laughs> you offered me before I paid you anything, I, you offered me, was it a free consultation or what did you give me that? Like, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's what, right. and then I'm like, oh yes, this is exactly what I need. And I was like, all in. So coaches yeah. should definitely contact you and said, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And then you provide, you would provide, you know, this is, this is how I'm going to help you. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, my, my, so my, I can tell you, thank you for letting, letting me bring that up. Um, my process for taking on new coaching people is people reach out to me. Um, and then I almost always, um, um, with very, very few exceptions, just offer them some time. Uh, and uh, it's usually about an hour on the front end. And really, they're meant to do most of the talking in that one. I, you know, I outline some of the stuff um, that I do, but the, for the most part, what I'm trying to do is listen to what's going on on the other end, what the person thinks they want help with. And then mm -hmm. if it's something I can help with, I'll offer help. But I, I talk to people all the time where they go like, hey, I, you know, I think I might want you to be my coach. And I get on the phone and I listen to them and I go, not me. It's not me you want, <laughs> you know, right. like because, um, you know, I think any good coach uh, is not somebody who just wants to um, take your money, but somebody who genuinely understands okay. what it is, is going on with you and has has something they can do about it. Um, and the expertise uh, to help. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always doing, I'm doing those calls all the time just to hear people. Um, and sometimes it's even, you know, I'll hear something on there and I go, I can't really help with that right now, but it gets my mind churning, right? I go, mm. there's a lot of people who could use help with this. I wonder if this is something I can help with. And I start working on myself to get myself up to the level where that's something I can help with down the line, but not necessarily so in it, that moment it, with the person. So it's a no brainer that all these coaches should be contacting you to at least get a consultation <laughs> and you can go, Hey, I can help you, or this is what you need to do. You'll be helping somebody else at, at, at worst. No, I mean, um, I, I appreciate, uh, I, you're hired for the marketing team, Trevor. Um, <laughs> well, it's just a no brainer. Um, I mean, it seems we so pay easy. nothing, but, but you're hired, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. You got any last thoughts to add? Uh, before we wrap this one, I think we're going to do one more podcast next week on miscellaneous. Yeah. We're going to do at least one more. Uh, I'm going to try try to get one more in before we um, turn the page. I think I got a summer vacation coming up, 
Um, and, uh, you know, Trevor's time is, is limited by the approaching, uh, school year, but we're going to do at least one more. Um, we, we thought we'd do one that would, we're, we're actually, um, if I go back to the plug at the front, if you have questions that have come up through these four podcasts, we'd love to discuss them on there. We're going to kind of, it's going to be a grab bag. We're going to throw in a bunch of stuff that didn't necessarily neatly fit into one of these other categories. Um, but stuff that, um, we think is is nevertheless interesting stuff that we discuss um, training wise, self improvement wise, all that stuff. Um, we're going to throw it into um, throw it into the mix there in the last one. Um, so swimbriefpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a part of that, we'd love to um, we'd love to let you do that. And then I guess for now, um, I'll mention uh, the Magic Five, the Magic Five dot com slash the swimbrief. You can get yourself a custom pit pair of goggles. Um, I wear them every day. And um, otherwise, I say thank you, everybody, for listening. Trevor, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'll see you guys all again next week.